0: Welcome to this Sunday Mornings Message podcast from Kingdom Faith.
1: Thank you. Yeah, what a brilliant start so far. It's been awesome. So, happy Mother's Day. I got a cup of tea in bed this morning. It's great. Um, But I just want to, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but We might need to keep this on the down low. But actually, today's not really about us mothers. Um, Years and years and years ago, traditionally, it was about going to your mother church. Did anybody know about this? that actually it was about um, a pilgrim, pilgrimage to your mother church, back to your spiritual home. So it was about the full Sunday of Lent. People would have the day off work, from, if they were working in big houses and things like that, they would return to their mother church, and actually it was celebrating their spiritual home. So today we're not just celebrating mums and women, but we're celebrating our spiritual home. Doesn't mean to say that we don't get a card and chocolates and flowers, I add. So, today, um, in this feel of celebrating, returning, and celebrating our spiritual home, I've asked a very special lady to, to share what it means to her to be a part of this, her spiritual home. Anne,
0: give her a round of applause. Good morning. So before I talk about how great it feels to be part of my spiritual home, I'm just going to go back a little bit to how it felt to not be part of a spiritual home. So for many years, I lived with walls built up around me, thinking that it was a form of protection. Um, I think it sort of started when I lost my mum when I was about 12, so I didn't have a great relationship with my dad, all my extended family were in Australia and so I built up walls around me to try and protect myself from getting hurt again and from losing people that I loved. So for many years I felt like I didn't belong and that I wasn't important, that I didn't fit in anywhere. I'd let down parts of walls. Um, and partly let people in, but then I'd get scared of being hurt again or losing people, and I'd build them back up, um, which would lead me to, once again, feeling even more alone. But over the last few years, i started trying to let people in, bringing the walls down. Um, I have found it really difficult, and I'd go to events and talks and encounters, hear the word, believe in it, but still not feel that it was... It was working for me, still feel like I was a bit on the outside. But you know what? I've learned that the enemy's way of keeping me isolated was to keep me building up these walls. So I stepped out in faith and I started taking the walls down more and more. And I started to feel more a part of the church, a part of something important and worthwhile. And I'm not saying that it was always easy and that it didn't make me feel vulnerable. But the more I let myself be vulnerable in front of God and members of the church family, the more I began to feel a part of the church family. I can truly stand here now, feeling slightly vulnerable still, and say that I have found my spiritual home and family. You see, God doesn't want us to feel alone. He wants us to build the walls around the whole family, not just around ourselves, and build on his firm foundation. It's the enemy that wants us to try and build walls that isolate ourselves. We need to stand firm and break through and build the walls around the family and not ourselves. Feeling like I belong, like I'm part of this spiritual family is truly enlightening. I never knew before just how much it would change me. And I don't want to just leave it there now. I want to build on what God has done in me and to help others to not feel alone and isolated. I want to help people feel like they belong and like they are truly important and break down their own walls to come into the church and the walls of the spiritual family that God has here for them. It's, it's just
1: been amazing to see Anne's journey going from a very timid, quiet, quite guarded person to being the most loving open, honest person and it's a privilege to see that and it's, it's great to have you with us. Um, I've, been, I've been looking into what this means about spiritual home and I've been drawn to um, the book of Nehemiah and so I've been studying this book and um, I want to kind of take you on a little bit of my study, is that all right? So, um, everybody heard of Nehemiah? He's quite famous in the Bible. Um, He he was um, a man of prayer, but he was a man who held a real high position in a palace in Persia. Um, And this high position. He was he was faithful to the king and he, he got the king's trust and he was put into a position where he had he had a privilege to be able to speak to the king and had a quite a close relationship with the king and that must have been built over a long period of time because in those days, you know, the king's life was under threat constantly, so he needed trusted people around him. So Nehemiah earned this trust and Nehemiah was a Jew who had um, a strong connection with the Lord, um, but Nehemiah's job was actually to be a cup bearer, and to be a cup bearer, you basically drank the drink before the king to make sure it wasn't poisoned. Anybody fancy that job? Anybody that might not be advertised in job centre, but it was a job that he did faithfully, and. I can only imagine just every day you are literally laying your life down for somebody else. And it's quite, if you think about that, it's quite full on. So he had this high position and in, his, in the riches and the splendor of living in the palace, he heard from his brother. I'll read the scripture actually. One of my brothers came from Judah with some other men and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days of mourning and fasting For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God of heaven. So in this, he heard, he was living in splendor, he was living in riches, but he heard that the Jewish people were under attack. They were laid bare. They were open to um, to be constantly attacked, there was no protection. There was no no walls up. It had all been burned. It had all been broken down. And he was burdened. He had his heart was for his spiritual home. He had this connection with Jerusalem. That that is where he's from. That's where his ancestors were from. And they were laid open and bare. And he he mourned. He grieved. He poured his heart out to the Lord. And he, he sought the Lord for an answer. He sought the Lord for an answer to to this. Um, and I believe the Lord had spoken to him and said, You're, you need to take this on. You're to build these walls, rebuild Jerusalem. And um, so he prayed and prayed, and he was a man of prayer. And he prayed, and he went before the king. He had this favor, and he prayed for favor, and he went before the king and said, I need to I need to go I need to build release me so he found favor and he was released to go and he became governor of Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and he also received even more favor not just being released from his job but he received safe passage to get there and all the provision he needed to build all the timber and everything that he need, needed to build but Nehemiah knew that it wasn't just a wall that he was building. He knew that God was calling him to restore his people. He wanted God wanted him his people to be safe, to be protected, but also to restore faith and hope. Um, just a restoration work of his people. I believe there's something powerful in the fact that. He laid his life down every day. Well, every time the king wanted to drink, which probably was a few times a day. So every time, he would have had these target prayers of, we had the drink, Jesus. Well, actually, you didn't know Jesus then. Jesus wanted to come then. So, Lord, <laughs> Lord. And then he would drink. And it would be a place of, I could die any minute. So I believe that he, was, he had such a dependence on the Lord, that God was preparing his dependents right then in that job to prepare him for what he was to do years later. God was equipping him for what he was about to do. Nehemiah knew that the people were vulnerable and open to attack. He knew they weren't safe And he wanted to create these walls to protect the people and to build a stronghold of the Lord. And I believe this is quite a fitting word for us because here in Crawley, we're still at building stage here in Crawley. We're building And we want to see God's kingdom established here in Crawley. Anybody agree to that? So we're at this building stage where God is equipping us and he wants us to build. He wants us to build a stronghold in Crawley. And it needs to be a place where people are safe, where people are protected, where they may be vulnerable and isolated, like Anne was saying. She was isolated and vulnerable. But when she came into a place of safety, God could do something powerful in her life. And that is what the Lord is calling us to build, a place for people to be protected and safe. You know, we talk about walls. And I was saying to the Lord, okay, Lord, you want us to build walls, but aren't walls bad? And, uh, and we're all about, we're building these walls, but we need to be out there. So how does that work? And I really believe the Lord was saying, we're not building walls to keep people out, but we're building walls to keep people safe. These walls are not to stop people, but to bring people in. Um. As Nehemiah was, his heart grieved for his spiritual home, for the people that were under attack. I believe the Lord is putting a burden on our heart for people of our community, of Broadfield, of Crawley, that we're to have a burden for these people that we don't want to see them under attack anymore. We don't want to see these people isolated anymore. We need to bring them into a place of protection and safety where they know the Lord's stronghold, that firm foundation. Amen. So, I also believe we're not just building Sunday morning. We're not just building a stronghold here of protection that people can can come into us on a Sunday morning. But it's about building something in the community. So it may be something that you need to build, or God's equipping you to build in your community, where people can be drawn in, where people can find that safety. So th- it doesn't just look like four walls. This building work, this working for the Lord, does not just look like a building. It actually is God establishing his kingdom here in Crawley and that could be in a toddler group that could be in a house group that could be in a small group that could be in some kind of place of where you draw people or you bring people in to bring into that place of protection but also it is about building here on Sundays that we can come together this is the Lord's stronghold we can come together and build something here for people to find out more about the Lord and to be saved. I believe that we're being equipped for action. Is everybody ready for action? You don't look ready for action right now. I'm sorry, you don't look ready. You know, um, when I was thinking about these walls, the Lord was saying to me that before we can build his walls, before he established his walls and his stronghold, we need to make sure what what walls we've already built ourselves. So I'm going to ask you, what walls have you built yourself? Have you built walls around yourself to guard yourself, to not let people in, as we heard with Anne? Have you built up walls of bitterness where you've been hurt, Have you built up walls of unforgiveness where somebody has wronged you or a church has wronged you or something's happened in your life where you have just built up this wall and saying, nobody's going to hurt me like that ever again. That man who hurt me, he's never going to hurt me like that again. And yeah, he won't, but you're not going to let other people love you if you have that wall of unforgiveness. Have you built up a wall of detachment where you're not connected with people, where you are detached and there's a wall stopping you from connecting with people. These are walls that we build ourselves. These are walls that we brick by brick, by hurt by hurt, we build up and establish this our own little fortress to protect us. But I'm telling you today that this wall is not gonna not gonna protect you. It's just gonna keep you separate. And the God ne- God needs to bring these walls down today. Enough is enough, and these walls need to come down for Him to establish His kingdom, for Him to build what He needs to build here in Crawley. It has to start with us. It has. To start with each one of us, just be asking the Lord, What is it that I've built? I know there's something stopping me, but what is it that is stopping me? We need to do business with the Lord, we need to pull down every wrong wall built by our own hands, we need to build what God wants to build in our community. But first he needs to establish that firm foundation on Christ. There is a foundation that Christ wants to be at the center. That we can't build anything until he, we're fully surrendered that he is our foundation. And then everything from that is all about Jesus. I believe we're to follow Nehemiah's steps as well. He, he started with prayer. He, he sought after the Lord with this burden, this cry to build his spiritual home. And um, he cried out to the Lord. So he sought the Lord first and he asked for favour to do it. The next step was he sought authority and receive blessing so he kind of went to his king to say right this is what I need to do and release me to do it so he sought authority and he received blessing if there's anything that you feel that you need to do or God is speaking to you today about building and establishing you know speak to us, talk to us, we are, at the, we want it, you know, we want to see kingdom, kingdom come here in Crawley, we want to see stuff happen, we want to see lives changed, we want to see more, we want to see more, but this is, this is what I'm talking about, this is building stage, we're in building stage, some people won't go to a church that everything's done and it's fine and you can rock up, but it's not that here, here is all about, we're, we're all together, we're all together building and establishing God's kingdom, The next step was action. Action. Everyone, everyone gave time to build. Uh, From the priests to the farmers, doesn't matter what rank you are, what position you're in, everybody came together to build. I'm just going to read from here. Please excuse me. I'm going to try and miss some of their names out because I can't say them. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try. Okay, so the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the Sheep Gate. So this was a, like a massive area. It was Jeff probably knows exactly how big the walls were. Right. Like, I oh he's shaking his head <laughs> anyway. It's quite big. It's quite big. And there was loads of different areas and gates and entrances and things like that. So um, um it says they, they re rebuilt the sheep gate. They did dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which was dedicated as far as the Tower of Hanel. Um, um and then it goes it goes on about, the, then the, these people built this bit, and then these people built this bit. And it goes on and goes on, and it names every single bit. Look through it, it's, it's quite fascinating. But the point of that is, everybody came together to build that section. Everybody built their bit, and they dedicated it. So they never went, right, now we're going to action and we're just going to get busy. They dedicated every bit they placed. They were dedicating it to the Lord. They were establishing the Lord's stronghold. I'm going to um, Nehemiah 3.10. Again, it's a whole list of these people did this and this family did this and they did that. The interesting thing that I found in this, all these big names, it says they made repairs opposite his house. Now I really found that fascinating when I read that because it's a sentence like that you can skim over quite easily. But what I got out of that was, these people made repairs. Now, when building the walls, most of the walls had, um, they were completely broken down. So all that was left was like the foundation. So they had to build from the foundations up. And some of these walls were eight feet thick. Okay. So if you think about how wide, thick the wall is, eight feet. Some parts were eight, eight feet thick. That's a pretty big wall, okay. Now, some parts of the walls were damaged but they weren't completely broken down so in this restoring work some people literally made repairs and that literally means to make firm or strong so some parts of the wall some things that God may be asking you to do is just to make firm or strong it may not be something new It may be just being a part of something to help make it firm and strong. Some people had to start from the foundation up. And that's even harder sometimes. They had to rebuild these eight feet thick walls from the foundations. That's a lot of hard labor. The other thing I found interesting about that one sentence was it was opposite their house. You see, Nehemiah knew that if he got people to build just outside their house, they would build with all their heart because that bit is going to protect their family, their homes, and their neighbors. They wanted to establish something that was so good. That bit of wall is going to be the best bit of wall that a part of all of this. this is going to be my wall because this is protecting my family. So there are some parts that... They literally built in front of their house so those of you that live in Broadfield we need to see Broadfield built up outside your house Bits in Crawley built up outside your house established God's kingdom outside your house in front of your house not just not just for your neighbors not just for your community but that it will it will bring protection to your family your kids your neighbors and in that you can take ownership of that Now, we know it was probably pretty hard work with this building. It was hard labour. But not only that, they had that to contend with. And also farm and feed their family during this time of building. So it could have been all day building, but then they've still got to provide for their family. So it, it was full on. But the enemy tried to stop it. The enemy got word that this was going to happen. And the enemies around and in surrounding areas didn't want it to happen. So they tried to stop it. So moving through, this is my little study taking with you. 4 um, 1. When San Balet. Sorry, heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and, in, in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Have you ever heard that? What are those stupid Christians doing now? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? How can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of, heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Amorite, who was at the side, said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. So they were mocking. They were mocking these Jews. They were mocking them, and they were trying to bring... They were trying to bring them to a place where they, they would give up. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, I mean, the priests, we've got the priests, and we've got the women, and we've got the children, and they're building. Yeah, they're not really going to accomplish much. They're not really going to get They're not going to build it. They want, the enemy wanted to bring, bring this mocking in to try and stop the work of the Lord. And we will get that. When we're doing something for the Lord, the enemy will first mock. We need to be careful that the mocking of the world doesn't infiltrate this place. When the discouragement of the world comes in and we can then talk to each other and say, oh, it's quite a big deal. Oh, it's quite a lot of work, isn't it? I don't think we're going to be able to do it. Oh, we haven't really got the gift and we haven't got the skills. We need to be careful that we don't allow the mocking of the world to, to come in and discourage. <clears throat> when the mocking didn't stop, it says in 4.6, Nehemiah basically prayed and said, put it back on them, basically. It says, we, so we rebuilt the wall. Till it all reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. When we're surrendered to the Lord and we're building what he wants to build and what he's established. We need to do it with all our heart. Without being discouraged. So then the enemy got, okay, we can't, it; ain't gonna work. So we need to bring the heavies out. We need to bring the big guns out. And he, the enemies got together and... They plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. So when the mocking didn't work, they wanted. They decided to come with physical. Um, and they planned that physical attack. So the discouragement came within the people. So when the people heard that there was going to be this physical attack, like, oh, they—they're actually going to kill us. They started talking between them. They're actually gonna kill us when we're gonna build. We're building this wall, but they're gonna come and attack us while we're building. So Nehemiah went to the Lord and prayed, and he got prepared. He was like, "No, this is not gonna stop us." And it says in four thirteen. Therefore, I stationed. Some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, bows. I'm just going to pause there because with that, I really believe that the Lord was saying that. Some of us may be stronger a bit further on with the Lord where we've worked through stuff and we've built these foundations in him and we're strong and we're ready to build. Some people, they're in that stage where they're a little bit more exposed. And I believe with this that we're to get behind people that are a little bit more vulnerable in the body, where we're, they're a little bit more exposed, and that's where we need to come and stand with them to fight and protect them, and to stand in prayer and protection over them where they are a little bit more vulnerable. Then it says, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the people, said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And I'm saying to you today, don't be afraid of them don't be afraid. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight. Today's about taking down things that aren't of God, but it's also about fighting as well. It says further on. From that day on, half of the men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows and armour. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders were, wore his sword at his side as he worked. And I just think that it's just an awesome picture what the Lord wants to give us today that we are building, we're establishing his kingdom, and we have a tool in one hand, but then we also have a sp- Spear in the other. We also have a shield in the other where we are protecting each other, where we're fighting for each other, where we're using everything that God's given us to not lay down under attack. It says as well. If there was like a, um, he, Nehemiah posted a, a, a guy with a trumpet that whenever there was an attack, the trumpet would blow and that was a sign to come together to, to fight. But in that as well, it says, Our God will fight for us. So anything that you are working through or dealing with, our God will fight for us. So we have, we're building with one hand, we're establishing his kingdom, but we're to be equipped with spiritual weapons of warfare in the other hand. You know, the wall actually got completed in 52 days. It was a massive, massive project, and it was only a work of a miracle, a miracle of God that it was finished in 52 days. It was incredible. And I believe that God wants to bring us to a place of action and also being aware of these spiritual weapons that he wants to, he's given us, he's given these spiritual weapons. And... Um, I've got this written down that I kind of read and saw. So I'm just going to read this bit out. He gives us armor of protection, which is Christ's righteousness. And we must mentally put it on, along with the belt of truth, which enables us to defeat Satan's lies. Shield of faith protects us from Satan's fiery arrows and temptations and Satan also wants us to think that telling others the good news is a worthless and hopeless task too big and too difficult for us to handle but the shoes give us a motivation to continue to proclaim the true peace that is available in God's gospel Before I hand over to Sandra, I really feel that I need to read to you the the armor of God. And, you know, we may have done this in Sunday school. We may have heard about the armor of God. But just bear in mind that he's calling us to build. And I want you to picture you in this building stage. But I also want you to kind of take hold of this scripture and what that means for you so this is ephesians 6:10 finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can ta- so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers And always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.
0: For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.